to switch on for another exciting Toku Thursdays podcast. Hey, what's up, guys? This is Derek, Derek WC. I'm going to be your host tonight. And joining me tonight is one of my fellow fan holes. Why don't you give a shout out? Hey, this is Justin. Cool. So tonight we are on episode two of Android Kikaida, the long-winded Uh, I guess this is going to be a tradition now. The long-winded Wikipedia title of episode two is The Mysterious Green Mantis is a Homicidal Fiend. (laughs) That's the the long-winded title. Um, If you watch the DVD produced by those guys, Generation Kakaida, over in Hawaii, the title is Green Mantis, Bizarre Killing Machine. And the synopsis on the back of the DVD box says... Kikaida faces Green Mantis, who is planning a killing rampage to discredit Dr. Komoji. So, basically, we open up on the episode, and Jiro is on the road. He's on his little yellow motorcycle with the sidecar, and he's being followed by these dark destructoid drones, basically like they took a a helicopter off the MASH set, and they painted it red, I guess, is what they did. And so that, I guess, accounts for being some kind of dark destructoid helicopter. And they just, they blow the shit out of his bike and everything. Like, he gets blown the crap out of. Like, they just kind of totally blow the fuck out of him. But I guess he's okay. And, you know, he basically, you know, I guess he's playing possum or something, because then the the helicopter lands, all the Destructoid guys get out, and he's kind of like, sorry to disappoint you guys, but I'm alive! They kind of get into the action right away here with this episode, and of course, Green Mantis emerges right away to fight Kikaida. And then Kikaida, of course, transforms pretty quickly. And I was kind of thinking they were going to have a big fight right away, but I guess like all that really happens is Kakaida's like, fuck this shit, and he gets on his, his motorbike. I, and I guess when he's Kakaida, his bike just kind of flies away. So. I, th- I thought that was kind of weird. He's, he kind of like, he calls out Green Mantis, and he's like, uh-uh, I'm going away now. He just kind of like runs away. Like I was like, Yeah, it's kind of funny. It's kind of like, <laughs> I guess if you look at the traditional you know tropes of, of this kind of genre, you think like, oh, well, you went through all the trouble to transform, but it's it's kind of like, you know, if they transformed and they, you know, brought out like a Thunder Megazord or something and then they're like, goodbye, like, see you later, I'm out of here, you know, and they just kind of go away. But I guess I guess that's part of the theme of the show. Like, I guess I guess Jiro and Mitsuko and Masaru, you know, they, they sort of seem to be on the run in this show. They're, they're kind of running away from dark and they're not necessarily trying to confront them at every 
every turn or what have you. Speaking of Misuko and Masaro, they're they're hiding out in this little cabin or whatever, and Jiro comes back and he's bringing them food and water and stuff like that. And Mitsuko decides, like, oh, I know who can help us. You know, our dad was friends with Dr. Ishigami, so let's go to the Ishigamis for help. Like, they'll, you know, take care of us or what have you. But I guess the part of the title and, and description that kind of reveals what's going to go on is Green Mantis's evil plan is basically, he, he's kind of like one step ahead of them, and he's headed right to Dr. Ishigami's lab, and so he disguises himself as Dr. Komoji, and uh, he makes sure that Mrs. Ishigami sees, like, what he's done. But basically, like, it's kind of funny, because I, I, you start to wonder, like, you, you hope, like, your friends know you well enough that if Green Mantis, like, disguised himself as me, that Justin would know what was going on, like, right away. Because, like, there's some kind of awkward, you know, I mean, obviously he's, he's like, some kind of robotic monster that works for Dark. But, you know, if I, I came over to Justin's and I'm like, Justin, it's been five years. <laughs> Let me inside so I can murder you. Like, you think Justin would, like, know what was up, you know, kind of. He's like, you didn't forget our 20-year-long friendship. And he's like, well, no, of course not. And then... <laughs> You know, when his wife comes out, you know, the Green Mantis disguises Komuji, he makes a point to say, I'm Dr. Komuji, and I killed your husband. And she's like, what? No. And yeah, yeah, there, there's, definitely, there, there's definitely a lot of exposition in the murder. You know, it's kind of like, oh, just so you are, you know, completely not in the dark about what has been going on. You know, I am Dr. Komuji, and I did kill your husband, and I will laugh. Uh, hilariously now, even though Dr. Komoji's probably never laughed like that before. So so basically, you know, Mrs. Ishigami's like all horrified and her husband's dead and stuff like that. So that's horrible. But then we we then are introduced to, I guess, I, I know Justin mentioned last episode when we were talking about Kakaida, how it does move at a brisk pace, but that you sort of get introduced to all these characters early on and that we were pretty much introduced to the entire cast in the first episode, but here we've got another character that that we're newly introduced to, and uh, this is the private investigator named Hattori Hanpei, and he basically, he, he befriends Kikaida and Mitsuko and Masaro and everything, and he, he's kind of the comic relief character for the most part. I mean, he's a P.I., but but he kind of does a lot of goofy comedy like he the the actor kind of reminds me of like a Japanese Johnny Depp or something like <laughs> I guess in terms of like Johnny Depp's more recent roles, if that makes any sense, like that, that it, it's very kind of over the top stuff. And, and you may think that his name sounds familiar and you'd actually be right because he, he goes on to mention that he's a descendant. Of it's a 16th century historical figure, a samurai from Japan, and that's Hattori Hanzo. And so that name might be even more familiar to people who are listening that aren't familiar with Gakaida because you've got the historical figure. But then in popular culture, you know, Sonny Chiba went on to play that character numerous times. And of course, for most Americans, it might be the most familiar in like Kill Bill because you know she goes and gets a Hanzo sword. Like, oh, Hanzo steel is is the shit steel. You, you've got that element to it, so there's that kind of indication where you, you watch it and you go, wait a minute, that name sounds familiar to me, and then he kind of clarifies that, you know, like in, in some of the, the 
later scenes, you know, he, he makes these kind of comments about his ancestors, you know, like, oh, what would my ancestors think? Or you cannot do this to me because, you know, I'm the descendant of, you know, Hattori Hanzo. Since we're talking so. about Hanpei, like, wh- what do you think about his character? Because he kind of, like, annoys me a great deal usually, <laughs> like, whenever he shows up. It's weird, like, like... I, I can see how he could easily be annoying because he he is that kind of wacky off the wall off kilter thing like it's like too much of of Johnny Depp and Pirates of the Caribbean do you know what I mean like there is that element to that character he he kind of reminds me of Hayami from Cutie Honey too like it, it just seems like a trope like these Japanese young guys who want to be private detectives or whatever but they're not really like competent you know like i mean i guess i guess he's competent to a degree but i mean he does seem a little bit cowardly at times like he he seems like he's primarily motivated by his own self-interest so he's not super altruistic and maybe that's why you i mean not only could you see him as say annoying just in terms of kind of the comic relief aspect but he he's also a little bit you know, you're kind of questioning his his motives. You know, it's like, oh, unless there's a you know a gold ring involved, he might not actually, you know, save a little kid from getting run over by a car or something. You know, like that's that's kind of the yeah. vibe you get. I, I don't know if I don't know if that'll change later on as we continue to watch it, and maybe he develops, you know, more, or he may like like these shows often are. You know, he's kind of a stock archetype. I mean, I guess it's weird because then then if you watch the the anime, at least in the English dub, his voice actor is much more gruff and kind of film noir where, you know, like I guess Hattori Hanpei, you know, kind of has a high pitched voice and he's, he's kind of like this wacky comic relief guy. But in the, the English dub of the anime, he's more kind of like, now that's what I'm talking about. You belong at home, not running around alone. Mitsuko's coming right now to get you. I'm not going home. But why? Because I, I have no home. What are you talking about? Your little sister Mitsuko's been worried sick about you. Why do you think she hired us to find you? My sister. Surprised, huh? Listen, whatever differences you may have had, you'll always be a family. It's definitely interpreted a variety of ways, you know, as far as the character goes. So then I guess Mrs. Ishigami basically at this point, you know, meets up with Mitsuko and Masaru, and, and they don't know at this point that the Green Mantis has, has slain her husband. So they go to her for help, but she basically rejects them, you know, because she's been kind of fooled by the, the, the Green Mantis exposition. You know, she believes that it's Dr. Komoji that, that murdered her husband, so she's like, well... You, you were friends of our family, but now your father's killed my husband, so I don't really want anything to do with you. And, and, and she, she says, well, I won't call the police, but, but, you know, basically, you know, leave my home type thing. And then coincidentally, you know, the police, quote unquote, show up and they're going to take the two to the, the headquarters or what have you. And Masuko, I guess, being like a good girl or whatever, like she's going to go with these police or whatever. But I guess the reason why we were introduced to Hanpei is I think he was almost like run over by a car or something in the middle of the night. So he's tracking down this license plate. And basically, you know, I guess he does have some PI skills because he manages to track down the car that nearly ran him over. And it turns out to be this squad car that they're they're kind of hauling uh Mitsuko off in. And so so basically the two kids are, are stuck in this car and then all of a sudden 
like Hanpei, I guess part of the comic relief, he's like, wait, no, you can't go, and he's pulling on this guy's sleeve or what have you, and then eventually, like, the whole arm pops off, and it turns out he's a dark, destructoid, you know, robotic drone. The lead detective is really Green Mantis, and so uh, Masaru's like, fuck this shit, and he's, you know, he bolts and he starts running away. As he's running off, we get the, the trope that I love, but everybody's like, wait, what are you doing? The girl's stuck in the middle of the squad car, and you're busy playing guitar on top of a rooftop. <laughs> but, you know, Jiro's sitting there playing his tunes on top of the... It's like a wrecked building. Like, it's all kind of hollowed out. It looks like somebody took, like, a, a construction ball to some building or something. But he's, like, at the very, you know, top of the frame. And so, basically, he sees that, that Masaro's, like, on the run from all these drones and everything, and he jumps down and kicks their ass and all that kind of stuff. But in the meantime, you know, Green Manus still has Mitsuko. And then at this point, there there is a bit of plot that's revealed here where, you know, they probably weren't 100% sure whether Dr. Komoji was alive or dead. But I guess she takes this kidnapping and, and kind of the, the whole discrediting of their father's name by Green Mantis. Like, she kind of makes the leap, like, well, oh, if they're trying to do that, like, bring her father out of hiding and bring Kakaida out of hiding, then then he must still be alive. So so there is that kind of element to it. Like, what did you think about, like, I mean, what do you think about praying or Green Mantis so far? I mean, like, I mean, is there is there anything that you have on the... I think his costume is pretty bad. It's like if you took a parrot and combined it with Gigan and painted it green... Like, I, I think it's one of the goofier costumes I've seen, but, like, I, I, I like the idea of him, you know, impersonating people and doing all these murders and blaming all them. I think I thought that was a really neat plot device. Like, that's, you know, we, you know we've talked about different plots and, you know, social things, how they work in, you know, whether it's Sentai or Tokyo shows versus, like, what we have over here. Like, you wouldn't see a plot like that in, like, Power Rangers or Beetleborgs or anything. Like, no, no, there wouldn't there wouldn't be a big murder mystery, and and people wouldn't be disguising themselves. It, it's interesting because I mean, there's elements in the the manga and anime of some of these dark destructoid robots like disguising themselves as humans, but in the case of Green Mantis, like in the in the anime and uh, and and in the manga as well I guess cuz he they, they, he doesn't really talk very much yeah. you know he's more of a kind of bestial character where he just kind of growls a lot and you know, Kakaida just sort of fucks his shit up. Like, I, I, I kind of, like, I don't know why, like, I, I think the first time he uses, like, the, the electric end or whatever, there's, like, all this, like, techno music playing in the background, and I just remember the way his arm gets chopped off, and, like, the way, like, the spittle is kind of, like, coming out of his mouth as he, like, sloppily, like, runs towards Kakaida, like he's gonna murder him for, for lopping off his arm, and then it's like he's running to his death or something like that. But I guess in, in this case, you know, like, he's much more nefarious, and he can, you know, not only pose as a human, but, you know, actually hold, you know, conversations with Mitsuko and, and Jiro and, and so forth. Um, and speaking of Jiro, like, you know, since now he's, he's in on the whole plot, like, you know, Masaro's told him like, Hey, they got my sister in the squad car or whatever. So he, he jumps on it all TJ Hooker style, you know, like he's on top of the, the <laughs> squad car and he's like, all right, I'm taking you guys down like TJ Hooker. And, and like, you think he's going to stop him. But then of course, my favorite part in every Kakaida episode rears its ugly head. 
the devil flute, I guess, as they call it, and the manga starts to play, you know, and you get the, so of course he's all, he's all messed up, you know, because he, he's hearing the, the Professor Gill play that flute and everything. Interestingly enough, like, it, it's like, he, 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 it looks like he's doomed and the cop car is just about to run him over. And then th- this is another thing I was going to ask you about, like, in terms of, of production value and what you thought of this, because this is not something that really I can remember showing up in the manga or anime, but it's like the cop car is about to run over Jiro. And it's kind of interesting because they, they don't show a transformation sequence, but I guess that's so they don't ruin the surprise, but it's kind of like, it's almost like, Oh crap. Like Jiro's going to get run over by this car. And then all of a sudden, he's Kakaida, and, and you see Kakaida's lifted up the entire police car. Now, of course, it, it is on a, you know, Japanese TV budget, so I'd say it's akin to when you see, like, Captain Marvel lift up a car on, say, the Filmation live-action Shazam show. Like, it's just, you know, it's a close-up of, you know probably the the suit actor like holding the top of a grill or something like that and then you know they cut to some you know garish shot of you know some kind of you know mishmashed film where it's like oh he's holding up the whole car or what have you and then he actually like they he flies off like he's got like rocket boots and shit and he's just like and like flies the fuck off and i was like that i mean i thought that was sweet but yeah. it's kind of it was kind of funny too like i i i didn't expect that or I, what have you i thought it was really well done i mean you know a lot of times in sentai's or, or even common rider they won't show you the transformation they'll just kind of like take a second and it's like zoom they switched off scene and then they're in the action but i thought it was really well done i was like I mean, I've seen this episode once before, once or twice, and I was like, wait, what happens here? I know he doesn't get run over, and then it just, like you said, it just cuts, and all of a sudden he's holding up the car, and I was like, oh, yeah, that was pretty cool. I remember that, and then he gets Mitsuko and just kind of flies off. I was like, oh, yeah, that was, that, that was really well done. I liked that. Yeah, I mean, it was definitely, for me, it was like a surprise. And then I guess this is kind of like the mid-break of the, the episode, but you basically uh, go on to, they're, they're continuing with their plot. You know, they, they basically want to frame Dr. Komoji for all these different murders. And so Jiro and Mitsuko, you know, are trying to figure out, like, who who the next target could be. And meanwhile, Professor Gill's already like, well, uh, you know, he was good friends with this guy named Izaki. So go to Izaki and, you know, basically murder him. And, and of course, since now our heroes are basically one step ahead of the villains, there's this actually pretty cool shot where it's funny because the, the, you know, Dr. Komoji comes in and he's kind of like, oh, you know, Izaki, my friend, ha, 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 let me get into a position to, to comfortably murder you or whatever, you know, and, and it looks like he's sleeping or something, but it, it's actually Kakaida under the blanket. And he's like, you know, kind of like fooled you like I'm under <laughs> the blanket. And, and basically he's having this conversation with him, but to like prove that he's not who he says he is, you know, that he's really Green Mantis and not Dr. Komoji. There's this cool shot of him using, like, his his eye beams. And basically, like, the eye beams cast, like, this red light. But then, of course, you see in the background, I'm using it as my, my avatar right now, but it, it basically Komoji is, is reflected, and the shadow looks just like Green Mantis. So that basically is the proof, like, hey, you know, you are not who you say you are. And of course they start, you know, this, this 
big fight where Kaida is facing off against Green Mantis and he's facing off against the Dark Drones and all that kind of stuff. I kind of so, had a little question about this. Maybe it's jumping ahead a little bit, but like later on we see Mrs. Ishigawa and she's like, oh, I believe you now. I forgive you. You know, I know your dad didn't do this, but I was like, what exactly did she see? Did she see the scene where Jiro exposes him? Because like it looks like she's like, you know, Standing on like a rock quarry or somewhere, but she's like, on the yeah, edge of, yeah, yeah. She's I, I know. Building, like, I, I don't know what proof she saw that like she's like, oh, I forgive you. Your dad didn't do it, but I'm like, what did what did she see? I I think maybe you're just supposed to assume that 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 they she was in on it somehow, or you know, like I mean, who knows? Maybe she's she's at, if if Kikaida is downstairs. You know, like maybe they're all upstairs on the staircase listening or something. Like maybe that's just something they didn't actually go to great lengths to show you. But, yeah, I, I know what you're talking about because it basically like, you know, a, as they fight, you know, it, it goes from inside the house to outside the house. And and then, of course, like what you're saying, it's like they're 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 basically like sort of watching from a distance now. And, and it's basically like, oh, now you've proved to me without a shadow of a doubt. You know that your your father is innocent, and I'm I'm sorry I doubted you, but you know, yeah, like you're saying, you, you don't know exactly how she came across that information, other than if she was, you know, maybe like a fly on the wall in that situation. We just didn't know, you know, or you know that that that's the best thing that I could come up with. I mean, I I don't think there's anything, you know, it's either like you know a cut missing scene, or you just have to fill in the blanks. I'll, I'll or say I demand a George Lucas episode two. Uh, a special edition where you see Mrs. Komoji like hiding in the or Mrs. Ishigawa hiding in the closet or Ishigawa. she's hiding in the she's like up on the staircase but like her face is like squashed between the two railings <laughs> like where she's like intently listening and then and then and then she just turns to uh, Mitsuko and like nods her head like in understanding like oh okay yeah I you know the the other thing I was just going to bring up was in, in terms of the manga like I think the manga here, when when they fight, when Green Mantis and and Kikaida start to fight, they they have a couple altercations, kind of like this episode, you know. And one of the altercations, the the hand is chopped off, kind of similarly. The the main difference is the the manga really. We we talked about this last episode a little bit, but the, the manga really begins to play up the whole you know, but we're brothers aspect of the dark destructoid robots and Kakaida. He, he's kind of, you know, Kakaida's thinking this in his head. Like, like nobody's accused him of murdering his brothers yet, but he's already planted like this seed of self-doubt in his mind in the manga where he's like, well, I was created by Dr. Komoji. And then he's thinking... And this green mantis that's just, like, growling at me and attacking me was created by Dr. Komoji. Like, why should we be fighting? Like, aren't we created by the same quote-unquote father? Like, aren't we then brothers? You know, like, and, and, and he's already kind of questioning himself in that case. Whereas, I guess in this case, there, there's not a whole lot of questioning. It's more like, you know, you're, you're trying to frame Dr. Komoji, and, you know, I'm basically, you know, hey, I'm busting out my super move, which is, you know, the end and and the end is used, you know, and he's like, okay, two Destructoids down, you know, 52 to go, or, you know, whatever it is, 49, or, or however many episodes we have left, you know. <laughs> I guess in the in the manga, they kind of specifically state there's 13 of them, but I guess for the purposes of, of this show, you know, it goes on a lot longer, so I assume we're going to see a whole lot more, you know, Destructoids as we continue watching. And And, you know, my final thought on the whole thing is, of course, once the... 
the Destructoid is destroyed and everything, he's transformed back into Jiro. He's in his little yellow motorbike, and he's trying to be all cool and badass and ride off into the sunset. But in the meantime, I'm kind of like, well, why are you leaving, like, Mitsuko yeah. and Kasaro behind? I get that you're trying to be all badass, but it's like, shouldn't you, like, protect them? Like, wouldn't now, like, like right at the end of the episode, that would have been the perfect time for Gil and the Destructoids to, like, pop up and be like, ha-ha, you rode off into the sunset, <laughs> and you left these two behind. And then they get, like, nailed, but of course they don't, you know, they don't try to do that. It's just some ridiculous trope. Oh, but, I, um, I was like, well, I guess they know they're going to, like, meet up somewhere down the road or something, but, like, he's kind of a ass he didn't even give them a lift to wherever yeah it's like he's not he's not offering them a ride or anything he's just like i gotta be badass and do this like a loner because it's cool yeah so i was like oh okay so he, he rides off and everything that i mean that that's pretty much the the episode like those were kind of my thoughts and i just wanted to you know kind of illustrate some of the differences with the manga and the anime and do you have any any final thoughts before we wrap up the episode I thought it was a really good episode. I mean, despite me thinking Green Mantis costume was kind of goofy, like I said, I, I like the idea of him kind of like doing this, you know, framing murder plot. I thought that was really neat, and I like that we got to see more of Kakata's abilities. Like, we got to see he has jet boosters. He's got that little red beam that exposed. Yeah, yeah. And he like, and just a few seconds after that, like he's standing on the ceiling for just like two, three seconds. I was like, well, that's kind of weird. Like. I guess he's like magnetic or magnetic or something. They didn't really explain it. It's just like a cool like two or three second shot where he's standing on the ceiling. But I just thought it was neat that we got to see like him use several abilities other than just transforming and using the end. Cool, cool. All right. We, we hope you guys have enjoyed listening to our second episode of Toku Thursdays. We will continue to endeavor to bring you new information as far as Kakaida episodes and everything. And then I guess you can find us at fanholspodcast.blogspot.com. If you have any questions or comments or concerns or anything, if there's other Toku series that maybe you, you have a request for us to cover in the future, you know, you can send emails to fanholspodcast at gmail.com. We have a Twitter, a Facebook. We are on Stitcher Radio now. Woo! We're on Stitcher Radio. We have a Tumblr. So, yeah, there's plenty of places you can find us. And until the next time, this is going to be Derek, Derek WC, signing off. I am Justin. Switch on. Change. The end. Yeah, the electric end.